G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's been quite the year, hasn't it? Who could ever have predicted how things would have turned out? Many people have suffered so much loss. Frankly, there's been precious little good news. And yet Jesus said that he had good news for the poor. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we kick off a kind of retrospective series called The Best of 2020, looking back at some of the most responded to messages throughout this year. Today we're starting off with some good news. I mean, really good news for the poor. One of the little rituals that I love to perform every night is to watch the evening news on television. It's just, I don't know, my way of unwinding for the day, and I guess it's my way of finding out what's been going on at home and around the world. But have you noticed... Whether you watch it on TV or listen to it on the radio or read it in the newspaper, there's actually precious little good news. Generally, the news starts with the biggest conflict or natural disaster or court case or murder or car accident, and it just goes downhill from there. In fact, when they drop in the odd piece of good news, we say, what, have they run out of news tonight? But we do need good news too. In fact, truth be known, we desperately want good news. Good news about ourselves, our lives, who we are. But where do you get that? Have you ever wondered, this whole Jesus story, this whole Jesus thing, if it's true, why did Jesus, the Son of God, step out of heaven, become a little baby, become a boy, become a teenager, become a man, wander around for three and a half years, preaching all sorts of stuff, healing people, and then allow himself to be killed on a cross and rise again? Why did he do that? I had an email recently from someone who visited our website, ChristianityWorks.com, and she said, look, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, I mean, they're really all the same. Just pick one and, and get on with it. The big difference between Jesus and all those other guys is that, firstly, Jesus made a unique claim. Jesus said, I am God. The others pointed somewhere else. Jesus didn't. Jesus said, you're looking at him. I've arrived. And the second difference is, But Jesus said, look, being a Christ follower, being a Christian, believing in me is not about working hard and becoming a better person so that you become acceptable to God. Effectively, that's what all the other religions say. Jesus said, no, no, no. Here, look at me. I'm going to the cross to die for you so that you can be forgiven. I'll pay for your sins. I'll fulfill the righteous requirements of God's law and I will pay. And all you need to do is believe in me And I will help you to have a new life. And yes, new life is about change. New life is about regeneration. New life is about getting rid of the rubbish. But it's not the starting point. The starting point is the grace of God on the cross of Christ. But is it authentic? I mean, why did he come? Is there something real here and now that's going to make a difference? Gospel, the word gospel literally means the good news, is it? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He fled as a little baby with his parents to Egypt because they tried to kill him. 
Then he moved to Nazareth in Galilee, which is kind of Hicksville. And at age 30, Jesus began his public ministry. One of the very first times that he spoke publicly, he got up in a synagogue in his own hometown in Nazareth of Galilee. And he quoted something that the prophet Isaiah had written a long time before. He read this from the scrolls in the synagogue. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recover sight for the blind, and to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, effectively, by reading this, what he was saying to all those Jews that were sitting in that synagogue very clearly and very unmistakably was, I am the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and God has sent me to do these things. Why have I come? To preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, there's an opportunity in that for you and for me. And so this week, we're going to be looking at those five reasons, those five promises that Jesus made about why he came. Then you can make your own mind up about this Jesus. Do those reasons make it worthwhile for me to just live my whole life for God? And today, we're looking at the first of those, which is good news for the poor. The poor literally were were lonely and afflicted. In the first century, As in many places in the world today, there was no social welfare in Israel. I have a vivid recollection of of going to San Francisco and and seeing a black man with blood streaming down his head begging outside the McDonald's store. And he looked at us and he said, just because I'm black doesn't mean I'm a bum. And in India, I remember seeing a woman begging and she had a little baby strapped to her. The shopkeeper, where she was begging, came out and chased her away with a stick and beat her across the back. Two-thirds of this world live in literal poverty, yet many wealthy people are still poor. You may have heard me use this quote before, but it says it all from me by a columnist called Bernard Levin in the UK. He says, Our world is full of people who have all the material blessings and comforts that they desire, together with non-material blessings like a happy family, and yet they lead lives of quiet and sometimes noisy desperation, understanding nothing but the fact that there's a hole inside them And however much food and drink they pour into it, however many motor cars and television sets they stuff it with, however many well-balanced children and loyal friends they parade around the edges of it, it aches. He's putting his finger there on, on that silent desperation in so many lives. Well, does that mean Jesus only came for losers? No. Jesus is speaking into a reality, a reality that Bernard Levin here identifies is so widespread, even in the wealthiest of societies. We have that materialistic facade, but deep down, the inner us, the inner you and me, there's a deep sense of poverty. We're made in God's image, and that hole inside us is a hole that only God can fill. And when we look at ourselves, when that hole is empty, that first century picture of the beggar, the one that's destitute of wealth and influence and position and power and honour, is so perfect. I mean, today's mantra is, you can have everything, but it doesn't ring true, does it? Inside, we still feel poor. I mean, people can have people around them and yet feel so desperately alone and empty. 
And Jesus, the very first reason that he lists when he first gets up to speak in his public ministry, the very first reason he lists, which is the reason why he came, was to bring good news to the poor, to speak directly into that reality. And boy, that hits the mark. You're not talking about harsh rules and judgment. He's talking about good news, a gospel, profoundly good news. The good news that says that the God who created us wants to have a relationship with us. The God that says, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will walk among you. The good news of a God who wants that so much that he sent his son not just to tell us, but to die for us, to pay the price so we can be reconciled back into a relationship with him. The good news that God knows, the good news that the one person who can fill it has been anointed to come and bring that to us, Jesus Christ. We have a choice. The people who listen to that, they actually rejected Jesus. They drove him out of the synagogue. It was his own hometown and they rejected him. We can do that. Or we can accept from him the good news of a life in relationship with God, not just here on earth, but for all eternity. It's up to us, really. Been a big year this year, one that none of us could ever, ever have predicted. So many people have suffered loss, fear and uncertainty have filled many a person's heart, which is why it's so important for us all right now to receive the powerful truth of God's love into our hearts. Amen. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2020, and it's based on some of this year's most popular, most responded to messages that have gone to air. Now, you can request your free copy either by stopping by at ChristianityWorks.com or giving us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Get in touch and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.